I don't care what you ask me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief, sponsored by Kush Queen. Today, we have a very special guest. Um, he's my comedy dad, a mentor to me. Uh, please welcome comedian Jeff Garland. Hey. Is that okay that I introduce you as comedian? Because I know you're just, you wear many no, hats. I, I, no, I, but by the way, comedian falls into comedic actor, com- right. comedian. Everything I do is under the guise of comedian. Right. all I'm encompassing. Not, yes. I, I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good dramatic actor, but I'd have nothing to prove with that. Do you right. know what I mean? Like all comedians, I want to show my, no, I like being referred to as a comedian. Right. Boom. I That's love That's all it. encompassing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how old were you when you first got into comedy? 20. 20 years old. Yep. And I was the funniest kid in school from kindergarten on. In Chicago? Nursery school on. Uh, Chicago and South Florida. Because people would tell you you're funny as a kid. Y- yes. Without a doubt. I was would funny. Would you get in trouble in school? Always in trouble. But not in trouble because I was a bad kid. Right. In trouble because I disruptive. was loud. Very disruptive. Yes. I would get the same thing. Yes. In yes. my report card, that's what the teachers would write. Yes. Rachel is a disruption. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. But it wasn't like we were stabbing kids with pencils. Right. We would just, the teacher would maybe say something and then we'd have a smart ass response after. That could be it. Yes. Or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. So 20 years old, is what what was your first uh was it stand up your first yeah i auditioned at the comic strip in fort lauderdale florida um actually one of the one of the acts who was booked was dom herrera oh my god yep yep i yep, featured yep. for my first uh or sorry my host first hosting spot at the laugh factory was with dom herrera oh, dom herrera was wow on, uh, iconic yeah dom dom was one of the comics the other one was tony hayes from detroit and Oh, that's my phone. I apologize. He's a very busy person, you guys. That's my fun ringer. That oh, just so you know, that's it's Jeff. my son. Hold on, let me just do this. Hey, hold on. That's Jeff Garland's ringtone. Hey, man, I'm. Uh, is everything okay? I'm on. Um, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, is everything good? Yeah, I love you. I love you. I'll call you when I'm done. Bye. Okay. <laughs> By the way. Wherever I'm at, whatever yeah, I'm doing, you always I generally don't have my phone on. Okay. But if I'm like at the Goldbergs or Curb yeah. and, the, and I'm sitting in my chair waiting to, you know, shoot the scene and they call me to set, if my boys call yeah. me or text me, I stop everything 100%. I'm doing. Always. So, so I asked them, is everything okay? Yeah. If everything wasn't okay, I'd stop the podcast and totally. I'd go talk to him. But he was fine, so I'll call him when I'm done. Good. Yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad that's everything's pri- okay. That's my priority. No, that gives me like now that my parents are getting older, mm-hmm. anytime I get a phone call from them that's like at a weird I'm like, is this are they should be in bed or whatever? Right. I'm like, oh my god, here it is. Like here's the phone call. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, I can't. But like, everything is well. All is yeah. well in the universe. Yeah. So So what was the what was the, the question? Comic strip, twenty years old, oh, Dom Herrera. Dom Herrera, Tony Hayes, and Jeff Jeff. He's from Ohio originally, and then he was from Chicago, lived in Chicago. I, I can't remember his last name offhand. Anyhow, the point being is, I remember everything about it. And uh, my first bit was an impression. I did a monologue from the movie Stripes. I did an impression of Adam West, and I told a joke about, you know, asking the teacher if I can go to the bathroom. She said, "I don't know, can you?" And I said, "I felt like peeing on her desk." I, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But anyhow, that was my opening yeah. bit. 
passed auditions my first night. Really? Yep. The next week, I was I was a, um, a, a comedian. Wow. Yeah, and working. So I've been a comedian for 37 years, and I have never stopped since, yeah, my, since that. the week after my 20th birthday. Was there like a defining moment or something in your life that happened at 20 that was like, I need to get on stage? No. I mean, yes, from the standpoint of I was not doing well in college. I was going to, uh, I had gone to the University of Miami. I was actually in school at Broward Community College. And um, it just seemed like it's time to follow my destiny. Right. And your parents were supportive? No, not at the beginning. They wanted me to go to school to, quote, have something to fall back on. Right. Sure, do your comedy. Your comedy thing. Your comedy thing. But let's have something to fall back on. And I can tell you, if I had something to fall back on, it was so hard, I would have fallen back on it. But no, at a certain point, I quit school and just focused on comedy. At what point did your parents start to, like, respect you as a comedian, or, like, see, like, okay, this is his career? Maybe four or five years in, my father said to me, you know, you're really good. You're as good, you know, as any comedian. I mean, he's my father. He said, I'm his favorite comedian. Right. So I'm not even my dad's favorite comedian yet. But but, but you will be. Yeah, one day. By far, you will be. Um, But the point being is, he basically said, okay, we're good. And, you know, later on, I I paid a lot of bills for them. Yeah. I, I treated them nicely. They're both, uh, my mom died uh, a year and a half ago. My dad died five years ago, but they saw me be successful and I always took care of them. You gave them everything they could ever want including, as a son. Including being a good son, right. a doting son, a loving son. Yeah, so, and more. And my parents were very loving to me. What did Even they, though they weren't supportive early on of me okay. being a comedian, they were very loving. And I want to tell you what my father did. This was awesome. So he said, okay, you're going to do comedy. He started charging, I was living at home. He started charging me rent. Wow. So for two years, I did comedy locally, paid my dad rent. When I went, to, I went to move back to Chicago, where I was from, to do Second City and stand-up. And my dad gave me all the rent money that he had collected from wow. me to buy a car and, and live so my cool. life. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so cool. Yeah. I'm going to put that in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what did your parents do for work? My uh, mom before I was born was an actress and she gave up her acting career to raise a family. Wow. And my father was a legal administrator. Wow. Which, you know, he, he ran law firms. Yeah. How did they meet? Uh, at a gentle lovemaking seminar. No. <laughs> they met in high school. Wow. Yeah. High school love loves. And they yeah. stayed married. They were married. So they, they married passed. To, yeah. My, 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 my dad was 21. My mom was 20. When do they you got have married. siblings? I do. I have a br- one, one younger brother. And what does he do? He runs a temple. Oh, wait, Chicago. that's right. Yeah. He's part yeah. of, he's the head of a tribe. Yeah. He's the head of a tribe. You guys are very similar in a sense of he, ha- he is a congregation. He gets up and he talks to people. Well, no, he's not a rabbi. Oh, what does he do? He's an executive director oh, of, the te- of the temple. Okay, he's okay, in charge. Okay. He's in charge of the, he runs the temple. Okay, so it's more of an administrative. And, and very much an administrative, administrative position. Like my father. Right. Yeah. And you got a lot of 
your mother because she was an actress. Yes, yes. I got a lot of my mother in terms of she lived vicariously through me, no doubt about it. But my father was a very much a generous, loving, matter of fact, don't believe the hype guy. And oh, I wow. got all that from him because I don't believe the hype about right, anything. Right. It's, it's, he taught you like if something's too good By to the be way, true. Your listeners should believe the hype yes. that you're a remarkable woman. Oh, thank you. They Jeff. should. I'm thank telling you, you that's the, you. the, the real you. deal. Thank you. So, you know, but generally I, I don't believe the hype. Right. Yeah. But I think that's kind of like a coping, like a, a, a strategy, especially in the industry that we work in. It cannot hurt you. You have to have that kind of resilience. It and, helps you. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. 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 So 20 years old, you start comedy. Now you get curb at what age? 30. I filmed the pilot, I think, for Curb Your Enthusiasm at 36. Now, between 20 and 36, you were doing stand-up, Second City. I had done an HBO half hour. I had been on a bunch of sitcoms. I was a regular, a recurring, pretty much regular, the last three seasons of Mad About You. Right. So I, and I was working the road. Right. So I was, at least as of like 27, took me about six or seven years to really start making a living as being a comedian. But so I was making a living uh, all through there. And this was, at what point did you move from Chicago to Los Angeles? I lived, I moved here twice. Uh, the first time I was in my twenties. Okay. Um, I was living in New York and then I lived in Los Angeles for a little while. I was roommates with Janine Garofalo. Wow. And, um, yeah, I, that was. So the first time you move for stand up. Yep. And you were how old? 20 something, late 20s. And then I um, moved back to New York, back to Chicago, met my wife. My wife uh, said um, that we need to move back to LA. For, she insisted. She, right. So she knew did. you needed we, to be here. Right after we got married. She's from Chicago. Right after we got married, we moved to LA. Because she knew you needed to be here. Mm -hmm. My wife was always very supportive of my yeah. career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've always spoke very highly of her. Yeah. And I want to meet her one day. I want her, you to meet her. Yeah. She'd love you. I'll barbecue for her. Yeah, you should barbecue for, for, for <laughs> we'll yeah. We'll cook meals together. Yeah, she's, I, I hope that, I, uh, for your listeners, I'm at the end of a divorce, but it's But you guys have a very well, amazing, I, I, good relationship. Basically, I love her. Yeah. And she's the mother of my children. Right. It just sometimes people shouldn't be married totally. anymore. That's sort of been my attitude about yeah. it. It's not been, from my end, there's not been drama. Right. And I'm not saying from her end there was totally. drama, but it was a little harder on totally. her end. Although it's been very hard on my end because it's just hard to end that 25 years we were married. Well, know? yeah, like anything. But I think what I really love when I, from spending time with you is how much you respect her oh, and the immensely. way you talk about her. And yeah. like if I if my parents were to ever go through something like that, I would want it to be like that. And I do it. I mean, yes, I love and respect uh, my ex, but I also love and respect my children. Right. And that's their mother. Totally. So there you go. Yeah. So I don't do anything that would embarrass them. Yeah. That I mean, that's so respectful as a father. I yep. think it's, you know, a lot when of I think back to when I was a young comedian, like yeah. at the comic strip or, or, and there were comedians who were divorced and, and it's been a history in comedy of comedians doing bits on their ex-wives that are always so bitter. And then I look back and I go, wait a minute, did they have children? If they had children, that's so yeah. disrespectful because I get the comedy of the ex-wife right. and certainly there are situations where 
the ex-husband, the ex-wife. There's funny things that happen. But in general, I look back now, I didn't think anything of it then. Now I look back and go, really? That was rude. Because to me, the priority over everything in my life are my, my sons. Totally. And I must show them love and respect. Yeah. As being their father. It must, must be so interesting to have Jeff Garland as a father. You'd have to ask them. <laughs> I'll bring him on. I the, think they're kind of, I don't think they're, they, they find it so interesting. Oh my God. I can <laughs> only imagine. Each other, That's how people say about like when they meet my family, they're like, mm. I can't imagine the, the daughter of the DA and the jet, yeah, like what yeah. that would be like growing right, up. So right, I can right. totally relate to them in that. It's yeah. so incredible. But um, yeah. So, so when you move with Marla, Mm-hmm. At this point, you had done, you know, you had already been on Mad About You or no? Jeez, uh, let me think. No, I had not been on Mad About You yet. No, I had not been on Mad About You It was you around yet. the second time you moved I to done, L.A. when you start getting these. Well, I, 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 Mad About You was one of the things I got. Right. You've it's done actually so kind much. of funny. You know, I, I as your career goes on, yeah. and I've talked to you about this, you set certain boundaries. All right, I'm not, and it's not boundaries out of ego or boundaries out of, it's just, I don't need to do that anymore. Right. That's not, I'm not learning from that. That doesn't That's help not how me. how your time is best spent. Exactly. So I set a boundary with my agent. No more same day auditions. Mm-hmm. I don't do well. They're not productive. It's right. just not, it's just not, no more. Right. And then I got a same day audition right around the time I said that. And they said it was for Mad About You. And I said, all right, this is the last one. Okay. I went in, I nailed it, got the part. It started the changing of my life. That's amazing. Yeah. I, okay, so then. When I say changing my life, to be a regular on a network show as successful as Mad About You, and I got Curb while I was doing Mad About well, You. Well, that's my next. And prior to, by the way, doing Mad About You, I had already had development deals, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, different studio. Like I had already, like I was, truthfully, I was doing stand-up and earning most of my income from development deals. People would see me or meet me and go, we got to do something with them. And nothing ever came with all of those. Wow. Yeah. So then- at what point do you meet Larry David? Well, I met Larry David early on in New York because we were both comedians. How there. old were you when you first met him? In my mid twenties. That must have been 20. so wild. Well, it was wild for me because I loved Larry in terms of I loved him on Fridays. Um, he, when we first met, he had not done Seinfeld yet, and he was also extraordinary to watch as a comedian because I watched him go on stage, look at an audience, and go, "Oh no, not tonight." It was really fun because when he went up, his material was so interesting, but also he could lose his shit right. and he would not perform. So we were. Friendly. We weren't friends. We knew each other. Right. Then in L.A., he was doing Seinfeld. We were acquaintances then, too. And we'd bump into each other, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was in the middle of doing um, Mad About You when... uh, And Curb came about because I I, I was signed by CBS 
to do a companion show to their show, uh, um, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, wow. And it, and it was my, my show or the King of Queens. Mm. We know what they picked. Mm -hmm. But from that, Larry shared an office with Alan Zweibel, who I was developing the show with. And Curb came out of that period with Larry and I spending time together. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. How do you stay so resilient in a, in a, in a community like in, in this industry? Okay. I learned early on that, uh, 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 rising above adversity and being resilient meant not going crazy, mm -hmm. literally crazy, when no one gives a crap about you. Because they don't. Because they, well, no, there's different periods where right. they really don't. Other times it's like everyone's got their head up your ass. Yeah. It's all cyclical. But you can't go crazy. You just have to have the faith and the, uh, uh, resiliency to right. keep moving forward if you have great belief in yourself. Right. You've got to have the belief in yourself and you got to know you're on the right path. You can have moments of doubt. Yeah. Moments of resentment. That's human. Right, but also, yes, but also moments of resentment. Resentment doesn't, moments of bitterness. Yeah, be bitterness. It's good for the art. Be bitter. It's not good for anyone, <laughs> resentment or bitterness, but spend a day being resentful, yeah. but do it at home. Like feel that emotion and yeah, then let it go. Let it go. Let it go because that's never going to help you. Right. Ever. Bitterness. Oh my God. That nothing kills a career faster yeah. than bitterness. And you just got to hang tough and yeah. believe and believe. And that's what I did. Yeah. And by the way, there are still moments in my career where at this point where I feel no one is paying attention to really? me. And, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, that's so, so human of it, you. Well, by the way, that's what that, it allows growth. Mm -hmm. I still have a, a good existential crisis once or twice a year. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's how you grow. Yeah. Yeah. I do question things. I do. I have to sit because I'm no longer an addict. I'm because I am an addict. Right. I have to, I've learned to sit in my discomfort. Can you talk uh, a little bit about that? Because I know we've shared about... Um, well, I'm an addict. I'm a, I'm a food addict. I'm a sugar right. addict. I'm not even a food addict. Right. Like, I could eat pizza and then not at, eat pizza for three when months. When did you discover this? That I was a food addict? Or, like, at what point in your life were well, you like, oh, shit. When I was oh, a shit. little kid, I saw that sugar dominated me, and I became... Especially after I became a stand-up at 20, I put on in like two years 70 pounds. Yeah. Because I was going out and eating late at night. And what was I eating? Pie. What's cake. available? That's all that's available. Yeah, and I would just I would devour whatever. all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't I didn't gain weight, believe it or not, from pizza or sandwiches. Sugar. Sugar. Well, they say sugar. They give it to lab rats. It's the it's the thing that'll make lab rats grow faster than any sugar sugar rate. sugar sugar but i've also come to realize that i have a i have a problem with carbohydrates mm. and my body does not react well to carbohydrates it's the jewish genes in uh, us yeah. we just hold on to it yeah so i do and so but now i'm 70 pounds down yeah. i sit with you my feet thank you you look good i sit with my feelings yeah that's what i do that's the uh, addict in me has to had to learn to, no matter how bad the feelings are, you sit with them. A bowl of cereal, a bowl of ice cream, all that stuff. It's. But by the way, I also got to a point where eating ice cream would assuage my feelings for oh, a wow. half hour. Wow. A half hour. It used to be for hours. Now it's a half hour. Yeah. It's like it's so temporary. Right. And then I, I haven't had, I haven't had refined sugar dessert type things for. 
over a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's a discipline. No, it's zero on the discipline. If you think it's a discipline, then you're going to fail. What is because it? There it's is a lifestyle no, change. It's not even a... It's like saying, don't you have self-control? Don't mm-hmm. you have... What's the word called when you have to control that stuff that people refer Impulses? to? Impulses? Well, not impulse. I, people are listening know what word I'm talking about yeah. because they're probably yelling Cravings? at Cravings? It. No, it's not cravings. It's like, don't you have... Like when you go on a diet, you're supposed to have uh, something. It'll come to us in a few minutes. Okay. Or your listeners know, or okay. they know what I mean. Point being is that doesn't exist. I approach it like an addict. I know oh, addict. if okay. I have ice cream... And there is ice cream in my freezer that you put Sorry. there. Sorry. Right. I'm going to take it. No, no, because it, no, <sighs> it has no bearing. It's not yeah. even an option. But you should take it because you want it. I know. You're right. Or come over and yeah, eat it. Yeah, I you know. know. You're right. You're right. Uh, right. But the point being is that it's not even an option. Right. Um, it took me about two weeks to get off sugar. To detox. To detox. And that was really hard. My body went through all sorts of crap. No sleep, rashes. I mean, all sorts of stuff. I got wow. sick. Felt sick all the time. That being said, I know if I have one teaspoon of ice cream, it's over. Yeah. I approach it like an alcoholic. Right. I approach it like Life a drug addict. Yeah. It's like, exactly. Now, right now, I am having a problem with... Protein bars. Not that I eat too many protein bars, but it's there's a gray area there. Because there's and sugar it, in a exactly. lot of them. And so what I'm, the next step I'm making now at not having any desserts for almost two years is I'm up about, in my own home, I've eliminated refined sugar yeah. a long time ago. But when I'm out and I'm like, what do I eat? And I grab a, a bar, like a health bar or whatever, yeah. that's low in sugar, but still it's in there. I'm now about to eliminate that too. I'm wow. just taking another step. And I will approach it like an addict. Well, sugar also do, affects your mind as well, it, it depression. Affects, no, it affects everything. Energy, it's everything. That's crazy. If you stop eating sugar, at a certain point, it feels like someone put a rocket up your ass. The wow. amount of extra energy that you get. Wow. Yeah. I've heard all of this. Yeah, there's so much in our food and so much. We don't even know how to eat and take care of ourselves and no, our bodies. We, we're not taught this information. Well, no, we're not. And it should be something that we're taught in school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's... Well, that's amazing that yeah. you, um, I mean, that's something that's so relatable that I think a lot of people would never know about you that you overcame. I over, well, I'm in a constant state of overcoming. Yeah. I'm present. You, um, I'm in therapy. I'm I know in therapy. We've, yeah, you yeah, I was in therapy last night. It was you've delightful. You mentioned that that's something that helped, that you loved to do. If or you have a great helpful. therapist, it's so you recommend it for people. I recommend it, but there are, it's just like dentists. Not every therapist is great. Yeah. You got to keep going until you hit a therapist. Like if you go to a therapist two, three times, and you're yeah. like going, not if they're challenging you. I'm talking about if, they, if you know in your heart, this person and I do not groove, right. try someone else. Totally. Try. But by the way, that's the whole thing with life. A lot of times people will uh, not reach success with something and they just stop. And you have to keep going and yeah. keep going and keep going. Resilient. Be resilient. Resilient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Mm-hmm. And therapy. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little bit of weed. Weed, I found, it only enhances your life. Yeah, tell me about, when did you first smoke weed? 
well, when I was in high school, okay, didn't so really have much of an effect. And then I smoked it with uh, a girlfriend. I was in my mid twenties, and I couldn't get up off the couch. It was, <laughs> I mean, I literally was like, I can't get up. And I was like, well, do I want to experience this again? No. And then I didn't smoke it for. <sighs> 25 years after that. Not because I was scared or whatever. It just never. It wasn't for And you. I also, with alcohol, with any kind of drug per se, I was always fearful of the addiction aspect because right. I'm an addict. Um, I, it, I did The View at 50. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, I was discussing sleeping pro- sleep problems, anxiety, and she turned me on to Indica. Yeah. And it's... To help me, and I also know I'm not an addict because I can smoke indica and not smoke it for three months and right. not think about it once. You're not, and then I can to smoke it. it every night. Yeah. I don't, I don't smoke sativa because that for me is like doing acid. Right. It's like a you whole. Might as well. I need to shut down my mind, not turn on my mind. Right. Um, I have done a hybrid, which I've enjoyed well enough, but it's not. And I don't drink. I stopped yeah. drinking at twenty. Not. I don't have. And I also don't have a drinking problem. Like I have, you know, a half dozen beers a year. Right. Now, it used to be I have a beer a year. Yeah. I'm up to a half dozen, but it has no effect. It also has sugar in it, too. It, no, it turns to sugar big or time. Or it turns to sugar. That's why I avoid it now. Yeah. And not because I love, but I also, I rarely drink wine. I, I, I never drink. I, I had my first cocktail this year. I'm wow. 57 years old, and I had my first cocktail this year. And I, it was nice, but it was not something where I went, I got to have that again. Yeah. Generally, when I go into a bar, just because I like it, and I learned when I was twenty, when I about it, it settles your stomach. I have bitters and soda. Yeah, that's I like my that drink of choice. Too. You know, it's an acquired taste. I think, right. like goat yogurt, <laughs> it's not something you eat right away and go, "This is delightful." No. but when you get used to it, it's fantastic. Yeah, same with bitters and soda. First time you go, oh, but as you get used to it, it is delightful. Yeah, and it makes me happy, and it's always settling my stomach. So yeah, I, I my only addiction is in fact. Um, sugar. I see comedian, like, I never want to be the comedian, because, you know, I smoke a lot of weed. Too much weed. You do, you I, do. No, 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 yes. I think, by the way, my opinion, this yes, show, being honest, opinion, you smoke too much weed. I do smoke a lot of weed. No, no, you smoke too much Je- weed. According to Jeff, I smoke too much weed. Yes, I respect his opinion. By the, way, by the way, I respect that you smoke weed. I'm trying to get you to uh, think uh, about use your Instagram less about yeah, weed, like your latest I respect post, that. your loser. <laughs> you know, I may not be the prettiest, may not be the tallest. Wait, did you see the one from yesterday I'm with the, the moon? I'm the most high in the room. Did you see what, the moon? No, just tell me, what does it say? No, no, no. No, this is a, pic- a picture. Is it from my backyard? No. Okay. This is me to promote my shows. Oh, over yeah, the yeah. over the moon with my shows this yeah, week. Yeah, I know. That had nothing to do with weed. Yeah, but it shows your butt. Oh, gosh. By the way, you have the cutest tush. Thank you. No, no, you do. I, he I means that, that in a fatherly way. By the way, in all sincerity, it's so not in a sexual way. He means like, that in a nice house. way. I you're know. You're my house in your little bag suit. And I tell you, you know, you're he did, your he tush did is so cute. wanted to preface that it was, he didn't but mean all, it. In, but it really, I mean, thank you. I'm not going to deny that you're tush. Thank you. But I don't You're look, allowed to say but, that. But, but, but by the way, I don't look at you. I know. I don't, no, hold on, though. In, in any lustful way whatsoever. I, I am kind of like your dad, but that doesn't mean I don't acknowledge how no, cute you 
that's tush fine. Is. My dad would and say I, the same thing. And I saw your tush and I was like, oh, no, that's so fun. Thank but you. yes, your tush is there. Oh, great. So the one time I know. you don't I talk know, about Jeff, pot, but it you're got showing your ass. like almost 3,000 likes so oh, to promote my your shows. Your cute little tush Thank you. got 3,000 likes. I'm, gonna have, I'm surprised it's not 10,000 likes, I'm going to have 100,000. Oh, I'm on private, so I, it limits the likes. Oh, you're pri- your your, your well, account's private? Well, I did, uh, I did Joey Coco's podcast the other mm. day, and like... I just went private right after it oh, for a little did? bit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So you weren't private when mm-mm, we started. Fi- okay. All right. But anyhow, yeah, yeah you smoke too much weed because I'm pro weed. I get yeah. weed. See, I look at all the benefits that weed does. Right. And by the way, people with anxiety, it is so, de- I mean, years from now, I don't know how many, it's going to be such a, ma- but it is already in LA, yeah. in California, but it's going to be such a matter of fact thing. Mm-hmm. And really, <clears throat> it, when you, okay, this is, this is the beauty of, of, I'm not allowed to call it marijuana. I'm not allowed to call it pot. <laughs> say according, weed, Jeff. According to my daughter here, <laughs> I have to say weed. But the truth is, with weed, there's only one downer, and that is uh, uh, work ethic, motivation, getting things done, seeing things through. That yeah. really does fall, not off a cliff, but it slows down. Because I know you, you get things done. Yeah. And you do, but not as much as you would if you smoked less weed. Probably. No, no, for sure. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. This is a fact. Okay. <laughs> but you still do get yeah, things yeah. done. You're you're a woman of responsibility. Yeah. You, 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 you are a responsible person and a Thank thoughtful you. person. So, but that's the worst part of weed. I mean, you smoke alcohol. There's, there's uh, arguments. There's, there's uh, uh, <laughs> violence. There's car accidents. Right. I always go, murder. <laughs> but the point being is, it's really, it's not harmless, but it's not a gateway drug. That whole argument yeah. makes me nuts. It's not, it doesn't, li- no one smokes weed and says, I need to stick a needle in my arm. Yeah. That has never happened. Never. Unless you're a heroin addict and someone turns you on to heroin and you like heroin. That, it's not, it's it's good on its own. I do think that there are, I think there is science behind developmental problems for young people using it too much. Yeah. I think you're at an appropriate age to still use yeah. to use weed. But I, I do started know, later. I was uh, no, older. No, 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 but yeah. I'm saying my children are 19 yeah. and 23 and weed does benefit them, but they smoke too much of it. And it also, I think, hurts their development. Right. I think it does. Am I going to stop them from smoking weed? That's no. Did, I'm a realistic father. Right. That's what it is. You know. Have you ever had to take like pharmaceuticals for anxiety or depression before? I do take them. You I do take, currently. I do take, um, what's it, deloxetine. I forgot the name of what, what's it called. It's called the deloxetine's one's the name. Let me look it up even while we're here. Is that the... the, the I used to take Lexapro. Did you like that? I ran... I used I, to I, take that too. I hit a wall with Lexapro. Yeah. So... Do you think it's because they say, is it our bodies build up immunities... No, I think, well, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a pharmacologist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, So you uh, found that it helps you. Is there Wi-Fi here? There might be. Oh, geez. All right. I'm not getting anything. It's fine. But you found it. It helps you. I'm on a new one and I've been for a while and it's beautiful. Yeah. 
and you can smoke weed with it. Your doctor's, you've yeah, been honest said, with him, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, I smoke yeah, weed at night. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have an honest relationship with, with, my, yeah, for with sure. my guy who does it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smoke weed with it. They both work great in tandem when I need to smoke weed. Some nights I'm filled with anxiety. I meditate. I do transcendental meditation. That's right. See, I do things with the with with the meds, with the, the weed. I almost said pot. With the weed. I, I do lots of things. I'm not just looking for a magic bullet. Tell me about the meditation. Yeah. Well, the when did that come into your life? That came into my life. Um, I was a friend of a few things at once happened at once. I three things happened at once. A friend of mine's mother uh, who meditates told me about it. Um, Jerry Seinfeld had mentioned it to me. And I was reading David Lynch's book about creativity. I forgot the name. It's a wonderful book. And I went and learned. And I learned from a woman, Nancy Cook Herrera is no longer alive. She was mm-hmm. in her 90s, I think, when she first taught me. Oh, wow. She had been here when the Maharishi, she had brought, helped bring the Maharishi to America. Um, she was with the Beatles when they were, <laughs> like, she was like, Legit. and I used to, I used, she taught, she's magic. She was magic. And she taught me. And what it is, it's an effortless non-religious way of taking time out from the world and just being and you go to a different place and it really is effortless and it really is delightful and it really does it helps me creatively it helps me figuring out things it's it's so Wonderful. Yeah, I've yeah. heard so much about it, and yeah. a lot of people really stand by. Yeah, but I do, see. Here's the thing about the religious aspect: it's very much become an organization. Ah. Uh, and the organizational aspect of it, I'm not fond of. Like the Kabbalah. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't even pay attention to Kabbalah. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I don't even know what their problems right. are. <laughs> but I do know that there's they have a school, and there's all these levels to it, and it's kind of like it's it's a corporation, kind of. Yeah. It's an entity. It's like I, I, if it wasn't so wonderful, it falls under the Groucho Marx thing. I never want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. Right. But I don't get involved with any of that crap. I just do what the, the Maharishi yeah. wanted, which was is the practice and the practice. This is delightful. Can anyone learn to do that? Yeah, you have to go to... to Them? Yeah. And they teach you? Yeah. Like, you couldn't teach me? I could teach you. Okay. I could. Transcendent... Transcend, trans- you don't have the money, I will teach you. Which I'll get in trouble for saying. Really? But I don't, yeah, but the truth is, I have friends that are don't have the money to spend yeah. $2,000 or whatever it is no. on it. No, I'm happy to teach you, yeah. you and your boyfriend <laughs> specifically. Oh, wow. Jeff mentioned I have a boyfriend now. Oh, I'm not allowed to? No, you're, you, this is, we're but in you, a safe But you space. and your boyfriend can come over. Okay. I'm close with your boyfriend. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So I actually. You've taught him a lot. You're teaching him more. <laughs> I got to say, you're the greatest thing to ever happen really? to him. I might be the greatest thing to ever happen to him professionally. Yeah. And of course, our friendship is very yeah, yeah, important yeah. to both of us, he and I. But you are the greatest thing that ever happened to him. Oh, that's... No, no, unequivocally. Thank you. I see it. Yeah. yeah. You're, I apologize to everyone listening who has got a crush <laughs> on Rachel because... <laughs> 
<laughs> Wolfie is gorgeous and Thank smart you. and funny, but this is her last boyfriend. Uh, yeah, I think so. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell everyone. <laughs> this is, and we're not just saying it. This is a match made in heaven. Yeah. And so um, I'm happy, and you Thank both you. don't have money, and I'm happy, <laughs> and I'm happy to teach we both will, of you. We will, we will. Oh, by the way, yes. But I'm happy to teach yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm not supposed to, and I and I don't. They and make I respect you swear. That. Well, they tell you not to. And by the way, if someone's got a lot of money, yeah, go go learn from them. Don't learn from me. Yeah, it'll be better to learn from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, even if I do teach you, when you get money someday, go to I them go. and have them like reteach, like teach you. Okay. Yeah. You can't even look it up on the internet. No, nah, that doesn't teach you how to teach or how to do it. Uh, okay. No. And it won't be right. Okay. I'll just teach you the way I do Sounds it. Sounds better than and weed. Then, and then it's up there with weed. Really? Oh, Can yeah. Can you smoke weed and do it at the same time? No, you don't want to because you don't want, you want to experience the meditation with a clear head. That makes sense. By the way, you can appear like an hour after you meditate, certainly smoke some weed if, if, if you need to. How long do you spend meditating at a time? 20 minutes of pop twice a day. That's what they recommend. That's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you can meditate a little longer. You can meditate a little shorter. Sometimes if I'm tired, I'll meditate and purposely let that lead into a nap because mm -hmm. I'll lay down while meditating and it will, of course, but if you sit up meditating, you know, it's all, yeah, it's, there's no special rules. It's pretty fucking delightful. Yeah. And I recommend it highly. Especially for comedians. I recommend for anyone. For anyone. Yep. Anyone. I don't care if you work in a cave. Um, I recommend it. So you have, you're like, you're really good at helping young comedians, like helping it's, upcoming. It's something that I, I um, love doing. Yeah. I love helping young comedians, young writers, young improvisers, people, yeah. people who want to do what my skill is. I love showing them how I love being supportive. Mentoring. I'm all mentoring. I love when I watch my fellow comedians, nothing makes me happier than when they're funny and I, and I laugh. Yeah. I love being supportive. I don't like when, um, People are not nice and and uh, ungrateful. Ungrateful, but I, but I don't get bitter. But but I also I only want to be supportive of yeah. successful comedians and unsuccessful yeah. comedians. Unsuccessful? Yeah. You mean like help people? Yeah, help yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. who are talented. Who right. Whoever made it. Yeah, I'm not really into. Here's the thing about comedy. Comedy. There's three types of comedians. They really are. Okay. And this is completely true. They're, and one, they're not comedians because they don't know what the hell they're doing and they're not going to figure it out and they don't listen and they have a big ego and it's not going to lead anywhere. Then there are those that aren't really that funny, but they can figure out the craft of comedy. Right. And if they have intelligence, they can figure out how to write a joke and they can get to a point where they're on stage where you could see them and go, oh, they're good. Mm -hmm. Then there's the funny people. Yeah. And the funny people, all that separates the funny people is the amount of work they want to put in. You put in the work and you're funny, the, the world's your oyster. Yeah. You're funny, the world's still your oyster. What a gift you've been given yeah. to be funny. But that's those are the three people that you come across. Yeah. Because there are people who do it. You go, you don't have a clue. You think And you never will. Never will. 
Um, yeah. So ever when I was talking, when I was on the craft people, you have to respect the craft people because they have no discernible skill when you meet them, but their work ethic and their intelligence, you, by the way, unlike, you can be a great actor and be dumb as a rock. Right. It's completely true. You cannot be a a great comedian or even a good comedian unless you're intelligent. Intelligence. uh, I shouldn't say that. There are people who are naturally funny who aren't that smart. They do pretty good. Not that not that often. But maybe but it's a different type of funny. It's a different type of funny, but still, they're funny. Right. But you cannot be a great comedian or a good comedian unless you're smart. Because the good comedians are the ones who figure out the craft and the jokes, and the great comedians are the ones who are funny, who put the work in. Right. I, I mean, you've literally summed up everyone I see it, and it's so true. Walk three into the people. comedy store yeah. any given night, all three of those people are there. Wow. All three of them are there. That's crazy. It's true. Yep. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, you're right. That's. Uh, I look around the comedy store on any given night, and I see people that I love and respect. I see people that I don't, re- that I respect because of their work ethic. Right. And then I see people I don't respect at all. And they're and all I'm, still there. And I don't want to even see them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're all there. What's uh? What's some? What's the best advice you could give to, or what's something to a young comedian that well, you say? I don't know anything. Yeah. In all sincerity, I mean, like me mentoring or helping is like I look at someone, what they're doing, and they ask me specific questions. General advice is do what you do. Oh, I wrote it down. This comes from Bruce Lee. Oh, wow. The karate. This is a beautiful thing. Yeah, you're going to love this. (laughs) This is magical. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. This is, I just wrote this quote down. Uh, and I would, I don't want to insult Bruce Lee by doing an impression of him, <laughs> but absorb what is useful, mm-hmm. discard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. Wow. How beautiful is I that? I love that. Will you send that to me? Yeah, I'll send it to you right now. I would now. love that. Yeah. yeah. While we're sitting here. I so. really, really, really like that quote. And that it's pretty beautiful. And it's really what I would give as, because I would say to people, learn, work hard, but be you. Yeah. You know? Authentic. Yeah. Um. So you have some exciting things coming up, I guess. Is I always do professionally. You're, you're an exciting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm lucky in that way. I'm blessed that my career right now is yeah. in, is in. I have so much stuff going on. What can on. your fans look forward to this year with Jeff Garland? Uh, I filmed a Netflix special. And that's coming out? Uh, it's coming out. Don't know when. I captured lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I did a show, not only that I'm proud of, which I, I worked hard to prepare to be proud, but I'm also an improviser when I do stand up. And many nights I just only improvise. But I was able to improvise in my special and I truly captured lightning in a bottle. And so I'm so excited that it, that people will yeah. check this out. Uh, New season of Curb. Yep. Um, I'm negotiating with the Goldbergs right now. Okay. I don't know if I'll be on the next season of the Goldbergs we'll or not. See. We'll see. Um, I have my first photo show. I, I do photography. My first photo show is next January uh, at the Leica Gallery. And then they'll be doing one in the spring in Chicago. Amazing. At the Tamarkin Gallery. That's another yeah. thing that I don't know a lot of people. You take amazing photos. Oh, thank you. Yeah. They're well, beautiful. Hopefully people will dig what I yeah. did. You know, that's, that's you know, that's my approach to things that people I just hope I I do what I do I have great confidence in what I do but I just hope people dig it yeah that's all sure yeah I think they will I I know they will I hope you know you already know how I feel about 
the special. Oh yeah, you saw yeah, it. But, yeah, yeah. So, so thank you. Yeah. By the way, and that by the way, when comedians dig what you do, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I love having the respect of my peers. Yeah, you know that was actually a goal of mine when I was a young comedian. It wasn't like even having the audience dig me as much as the respect of my right. peers. Now I just want respect from myself. Right. And hopefully my peers and hopefully the audience. Well, Jeff Garland gets it all. So yeah. where can people follow you? Where do you want them to... to? Go on my Instagram. That's all I got, really. I'm building a new website. There is a jeffgarland.com, but it's not up yet. And I'll build a mailing list from that. I'm actually really I'm st- doing that. Uh, but yeah, go on my Instagram. My Instagram will, will always say when I'm doing shows. If I have any big shows or announcements, I'll do them through Instagram. Instagram is my only... I think there's a fan page on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do that. My publicists yeah. do that. But at my Instagram account, I that's run where they it. find you. Yeah, and I'll put photos on there sometimes. I do little videos. Yeah. you know, whatever my mood strikes. You know, cool. yeah. So that's where people can follow me is Jeff Garland on Instagram. On Instagram, are we done already? Yeah. Oh wow, fifty that minutes. Be, fifty. That went by yeah. fast. Thank you for thank you so much for coming on and for everything and for well, by being. The way, I'll come on again whenever you want me. Yeah, we're gonna have an update. We'll have it when uh, when the I'll special com- when you know the special we'll comes do? out. Let's let's do it in January. Let's yeah, do yeah. another. We'll do another one. Or when the special comes Doesn't out, I'm, or whenever whenever you want. I'm actually it's supposed to air in January, but okay. I'm actually talking to Netflix about maybe getting it up. But sooner. 2020 is it's coming out. What? Your special? No, Tw- as of right now, yes. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm considering. I just was color correcting it. That's when yeah. you make the it look good, yeah. you know. And so I thought, nah. It's. I mean, look, we're in the end of July. Yeah. Really, do I want to wait till January? So, so I might maybe talk earlier. To them. I've got some calls, and I'm going to discuss cool. it with them. By the way, if they feel that it's best suited to come yeah. out in January, because of different reasons, I'll go. They're smarter. Than, I'm smart at knowing what's funny and how to do it. Right. They're smart at marketing the my side. show. Yeah. So just know that there's something hot coming on Netflix. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for another episode of Chronic Relief, sponsored by Kush Queen, uh, and I will see you guys next week. 